Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wanted to report on our gifts, our collection for the homeless. What, um, Rick and I took that to PATH a week ago, and when we walked in there, he, the, the gentleman that greeted us and helped us carry the stuff in said, well, how many do you have? And I, he thought there'd be one or two, and he was shocked when he saw that there was 35. So he was really impressed. Here's the note they wrote. I am writing this letter to inform you that PATH graciously has received the hygiene kits and special notes donated on behalf of the Friends and Family Fellowship Church. PATH would like to thank you all for providing these donations in the effort to help those who are in need of the supplies that were donated. So thank you very much. And Laura brought another bag. Um, it's out in the hallway. So we're just, so. It's officially ended, but if you if your heart leads you to bring more, we'll get we'll get it to path. So, I have a couple other announcements, but first I have to ask who made that delicious orange cake? It was wonderful, and I know that you and I know that you took all the calories out, so I appreciate that. It was really good. So this is the last week for donations, also to buy gifts for the baby fold. There's a collection box right here, and Rick and I were blessed this week. We sold our house, so I'm giving this in um, honor of that. But there's also another donation in there. So we were at 350, so we're above 400 now. So we're close. So if God moves you today to throw a little bit more in so we can reach our goal of 500, that'd be great. And then the last note was our fellowship meal next Sunday is going to be foods from around the world. I will tell you that I don't do sushi, so... Don't bring sushi. No, you can bring sushi. Somebody will eat it. I think, Amy, you like sushi, don't you? <laughs> um, one other item that, that I just wanted to bring up was Steve was mentioning that his father is really ill and maybe close to the end of the life. We don't know. God knows that. So just keep Steve and his family in your prayers. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Joyce. We, we appreciate that. One other thing I would add before we get into today's message is that the missions trip to the Christian Activity Center in East St. Louis is coming up August 6th through the 8th. Uh, right now it looks like my family is the only ones attending, which is fine, but if anybody has interest in going, please let me know. Um, also, because we sponsor Kamaya and Samuel down there, um, if you want to bring little notes, write them a little card or 
candy gum, little trinket kinds of things. I will be more than happy to take a big care package down to them and then all of the rest of the kids at the CAC. But we would need those by that first Sunday in August so that we have them to go. So they appreciate that your your words of affirmation to them, your prayers they covet. And so uh, don't worry about it being a, an, another thing to invest dollars into unless you choose to. But uh, those little notes and cards would be appreciated. So bring those on and we'll take them down there to them. Well, we are wrapping up our series on fellowship today and taking one more look into the one another's that Paul shared with the church in Rome. And when we kicked this off, we talked about the fact that there were almost 60 references to how to treat and live with one another in Scripture. And a lot of those are the Apostle Paul's, and a fair number of them are found in the book of Romans. And it's reflectance on, a, on guidance, really, for our relationship with each other, of course. But all of that is based on our relationship with God and how we can mirror his extreme perfection example through us to one another. It's only through him that we learn how to do this in any way at all in treating each other well based on what we know of how he treats us. So scripture, as always, is our guide. And Paul was communicating what he had learned about relationships with the living God. Now, Paul had a radical wake-up call, if you remember. He was a persecutor of Christians, and he had a direct encounter with Jesus that changed his life forever. And so this isn't just good advice on how to get along or a helpful word of wisdom to the first century church in Rome, although it is both of those things. This is truly God advice on working and living and encouraging and just doing life with one another. So this section of Paul's letter that we know as Romans chapter 12 starts with that call on the life of all Christ followers to present your life as a living sacrifice, a reflection of what Jesus has done for us. It's amazing that opportunity that we have to just give our lives to God for him to work through and let others then read our lives as a document of proof to the living God. And all of that is the opportunity to live our best life possible and also to impact others for God. So we're looking today at Romans chapter 12, verse 10 specifically. And I want to give you two translations. They're only slightly different, but the, the nuances from the original language, I think, kind of help us here. And in the New International Version, which is the one I normally use, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Very clear, very direct. But the New American Standard uh, Version says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, which clarifies the word love in Greek has at least five, sometimes seven, depending on how you're reading it, different um, aspects of love, whereas in English we only have one word for love. Brotherly love is what we're talking about here, familial love, the, the warmth and the affection, but also that kind of love that sticks, you know, family sticks, or it should, together in loyalty. So it's brotherly love that we're talking about here, and to give preference to one another in honor. Be devoted, Paul says. Be committed in the warmth and the bond of friendship. 
as friends and family. The how, he gives us as well. By honoring others and not putting yourself or your needs above others. And before we get too deep into that, that doesn't mean that we don't have needs. And it doesn't mean you just let everybody walk all over you and and give till you have no more. Only Jesus could do that. What it does mean is not putting yourself above others. And in loving, that's the direction that has to be taken for it to be effective. So Paul's pretty direct. It's pretty straightforward. You don't need a lot of translational help here, do you? So why is it so hard? Even in every Christ-following family, in every healthy church around the world, it is hard to love one another well, honoring one another, treating each other as brothers and sisters. Now, there are some people in the world, would you agree, some people are just easy to love. They're easy to honor. They're filled with warmth, and we just, they're natural. It's very simple to love them because they're lovable. Are you thinking of a face right now? Is there somebody you know that's just really easy to love? They exist. It's cool. But some people are tough, tough to love. Those people are always too, T-O-O, something. Too harsh, too wimpy, too loud, too quiet, too flirty, too standoffish, too full of themselves, too opinionated, too disengaged, too silly, too serious. Are you thinking of a face now? No pointing. But the fact of the matter is, that we all, each one of us, and everybody we know, every human being that's been placed on this planet is a combination of both. Wouldn't you agree? Lovable, filled with the potential of being loved and of loving others, but also tough to love. And we are as well. We're a blend. And that's the definition of our humanness. Unfinished but with great potential. Relationships, being devoted to one another, isn't about exchanging pleasantries. And it's the hardest assignment that we have on this earth. Sometimes I have to tell you that it honestly almost seems pointless, especially on those days, and and I'm thinking I'm not alone. Maybe you've had a day when even your best well-intended effort is misconstrued, misunderstood, somehow got tangled up, shut down, whatever had happened, and you end up way short of brotherly love. Can you relate? That even on those days that we try, it can get all messed up. It can turn bad. It can turn ugly. It can turn contentious. It can turn strifeful. Even when we're trying, because we're human and we live in a broken world. All of that to say that we cannot will, it's not about willpower, ourselves into being one who is devoted to others in brotherly love. You know, I think the only creatures on this earth that don't struggle are dogs. That's why we love them, isn't it? All you dog people out there, they love you no matter what. They wag their tail when you come home. 
You can yell at them one minute, and the next minute they're all up in your face and happy. But we humans process things differently, don't we? And that's a good thing. We are made in the image of our creator. And yet, in this broken world, we struggle. We struggle to love. So we need more than just trusting that we can feel it when we need it. Because if we could just muster up those feelings to slather some love on the rest of the world when we needed it to, that'd be great, but we can't. It's not something you conjure up. It's not something you can will yourself into. I see what Paul lines out for us as accomplished in a progression, and it's a progression of three steps, probably more, but, but three that I think can help us in all of this. The first one is that to be devoted to one another, we have to decide, make a choice to be in relationship. And that first relationship, before you can be a lover of others, you have to decide to be in a relationship with God. Scripture says it's by grace that we are saved through faith. And that faith is in the fact that we fall short, that we are broken, and that in this world we need a Savior in order to connect us with the only right relationship that allows us to have right relationships with others, and that's with God. And that's what Jesus came in this world to do. He is our bridge back to a right relationship with God through his death and resurrection. And when we get to that place where we say, I need that, I, I am a broken, fallen human, and I need that, that we establish a right relationship with him, and that allows us the opportunity to be in relationship with one another on an effective level at all. He wants to save us because he loves us. And he lets us decide if we want that because he loves us. So accepting our identity as fully loved is crucial. And it's true. God could not love you more than he does at this very moment. And yet he knows everything everything that you've ever done, even those things that didn't bring him honor and glory. And yet you remain precious in his sight. There's this saying that goes, hurt people hurt people. It's true, isn't it? So if you flip that around, loved people love people. And they want to grow in that love by knowing Jesus continually better. That's what allows us to love better. But we have to decide. We have to assert our mind and our heart to saying, I want to be loved and I accept the love that Jesus gives. Then and only then can we decide to be in relationship with one another. And on the surface of it, you're like, well, of course we're in relationship with one another. We're born into families, we have friends, we come to church. That's, that's what we do is relationships. And yet, 
I see people every day, and I was one of those people once that was deciding to opt out of relationships, at least anything that required great depth or exposing the good, the bad, and the ugly of who I was. We do get a chance to decide if we're going to be in relationships. And Satan, our enemy, one of his prime tactics, it's not very original, but it seems to be awfully effective, is to isolate us. When you're feeling bad about yourself or you're feeling down, you're feeling low, the first wave of whisper, not from God, in your ear is, nobody wants to be around me. I'm not worthy. And that attempt to isolate, that attempt to keep people from relationship is one of his primary tactics of making us ineffective and also sick, sick in our spirit. But growth and health and healing is all about relationship. And yet that's the hardest part. Because when you're feeling icky, who wants to go share your icky? <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's hard because you're afraid. It's hard because you don't always know if you can trust people. It's hard because it's just simply hard to admit and to sit with those emotions and to share them with someone else. And yet it is the path to health. We go to God with it, and then we go to God's people with it. And that growth and that health come through relationship with God and with his people, because he lives within his people. That's why they call us the body. Jesus talked about the church as the body. It's a huge part of God's plan for this earth and for reaching others through relationships. We all have a part in it devoted to one another in love. You are a part of a body, and you're needed, and you need others. And that interdependency makes life challenging. It's also the sweetest, best part of life that there is. Some of those relationships will be deep. They'll be to the core, and some less so. But the issue isn't that we be deep connected in a completely bonded way with everyone, which wouldn't be possible, but more about the fact that we can decide to care, to decide to enter into relationships with all people and honor what's honorable. Instead of worrying about our social status or our reputation, we look at seeing hearts and seeing with God's eyes the rest of his creation all of humanity. We decide to be in relationship. Once and for all with God, although we want to continually deepen and grow that. But it may be a choice to decide to be in relationship with one another on a daily or even hourly basis. But we decide. And then the second step is to commit to be devoted to one another by demolishing pride. Now that little uh, clip art thing there is Captain Demolition. And I, I've never heard of Captain Demolition before, so if he's from some like really creepy cartoon or something, I apologize because I don't know him. But he looked pretty cool. Because Captain Demolition today is all about demolishing our pride. You know, the first original sin was pride. Adam and Eve in the garden basically were saying, although it's not recorded this way, I want to be like God. 
I want to know what he knows. And we've struggled ever since with that same basic selfishness that says, somehow if I don't get it all, if I don't get what I need, somebody's holding out on me, whether it's God or another person. Selfishness is pride, and it's sin. It thinks me first, or what about me, or even poor me is a selfish attitude. The disease of self. You know, there's an old DC talk song that kept going through my head as I was thinking about this. The disease of self runs through my soul. It's a cancer fatal. It runs through my bones. It's a cancer fatal to my soul. Every attempt that I've made on behalf of my own to bring the sickness under control has failed. And the lyrics of that song, I think, are reflected in all of our lives. There's a disease of self, and it runs through our bones. It's a cancer fatal to our soul. And yet we try to justify ourselves. You know you do. We all do. But we can't be fully devoted to one another in love with selfish hearts. And yet we are this combination of people who want to be selfless, but have this selfish thing rise up in us. It's interesting to me that nowhere in the Bible did Jesus directly heal someone of their attitude. He could. And yet I think this whole demolishing our pride thing may just in fact be meant to be pulled out of us like a weed by the root, and it hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> it's awful quiet in here. Getting pride pulled out by the root hurts. And what really hurts is it starts to grow back. It's one of those crazy weeds that doesn't have a direct roundup kind of solution to it. It just keeps coming back up and we keep pulling it out until we learn to demolish it, to put it away through repeated efforts of laying our rights down even when we know we're right. Our flesh starts to scream when it wants its way. Sometimes out loud. <laughs> Sometimes just in your head. Sometimes in your gut. But you know what it's like to start to feel that flesh start to get irritated and start to want to demand its way. So it takes time and it takes lots and lots of practice and support in relationship to demolish this pride. The hardest part, I think, is sitting with it. So when your flesh starts to scream because you want your way, what is the most natural reaction? I think it's to give it its way, <laughs> right? Your flesh screams for a cookie. You satisfy your flesh by giving it a cookie. But what's the problem? It doesn't satisfy it, does it? at least not for long. So translate that into anything that our flesh is selfishly wanting. And if it could be satisfied by giving it to it, that would be fine. Problem is it's not. We don't find the fruit of the spirit. We don't find peace, joy, love, self-control, gentleness, kindness. In giving our flesh what it wants. We find those things 
in denying the flesh what it wants and replacing it with those things by an active choice. One of the things that I don't so well do but is helpful is that when that flesh starts to gnaw at you is to just sit with it for 90 seconds. Now, they talk about this in terms of, I actually heard about this in terms of a weight loss philosophy, which was when you get that craving for that cookie, if you can just sit with it for 90 seconds, see what happens. Just let it try to pass. Well, the same could be true of our quick tongues or our hot tempers or whatever else it is that our flesh is just rising up about. And the ability to, in that 90 seconds, not just be silent, but to be in prayer and to be asking God, to be laying it out before him, to be sharing it with him and telling him of your struggle and asking for his assistance, his way out for you in your temptation. You do a little bit better each time. And it is a discipline replacing one prideful thought with a good thought. And you won't be perfect at it. Nobody is. And you will receive resistance because our enemy does not want us to be successful. But we can also learn, and we can grow in this. And we can become sensitive to what it is and and when it is that pride grips hold of us. Because knowledge becomes power in that sense. Know what your triggers are. And then build up those fruit of the spirit muscles to replace pride. Letting the Holy Spirit convict you of when you are being selfish, when we are being prideful. Nobody wants conviction, and yet it is the most wonderful of gifts that the Holy Spirit puts inside of us. Is that opportunity to say, hey, hey, (laughs) you're about to spew on someone. You are about to act selfish. It's not there to condemn you. It's there to be a guide. It's there to be a discernment and to drive you back to an opportunity to make yet another choice. You know, back to the beginning of Romans chapter 12, when Paul calls upon the church, Christ followers, to live their lives as a living sacrifice. He also talks about not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is exactly what we're talking about. We can be transformed by the renewing of our minds but it requires discipline. It requires choice. It requires consumption of God's word, and it requires an attitude that just says, I can't do this on my own, but Holy Spirit, prompt me to know when it's you telling me I'm, I'm on the edge and help me through this time. And Lord, if I don't hold my tongue or if I don't choose to make the right choice and I do act in selfishness, help me convict me to apologize as quickly as possible and to move on because that develops relationship as well. Always interesting to me that a good apology can actually deepen a relationship. And yet when we go to say we're sorry to someone, we're just pretty sure we've damaged the relationship, and sometimes we have. But a sincere apology and the opportunity to rebuild that relationship can even take us deeper into relationship so that it doesn't any longer divide, but it actually shows our sorrow over what we've done and the opportunity to build from there.
Well, understanding your identity is loved by God and demolishing that pride, it's all a process. It's about melding that good and that bad together to becoming real, fully real, because we are human. And yet, when we have made that choice to invite God into our hearts, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside us. Some of you will remember the, the old children's book, The Velveteen Rabbit. Have you read that book? It's been a long time ago for me, but it's, it's about a wise, old, stuffed animal. And a little bit of it says this. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or who have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off (laughs) and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. Picture a stuffed animal, a well-loved stuffed animal. But those things don't matter at all, because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. That's it. That's what this is all about. That's what being devoted to one another in love and honoring others is. It's in how do you see yourself and how do you see others? Certainly not perfect, but loved as our identity with the ability to look at others who are certainly not perfect, but also share that identity of loved by their creator so that when we look at one another as real, those things combine. And there is no more ugly. There are ugly actions, but not ugly people. And we can pray to see that with God's eyes. I've been continuing to run, even in this heat. And I've been running with Rich Mullins uh, in my earbuds. Rich Mullins was a contemporary Christian singer back in the day and uh, passed away in a car accident in the early 90s. And his music just has always spoken to me deeply. And Rich was a broken human being. Rich was as close to God in some respects as as a person that I, I could ever imagine. And the words that God would give him and the songs were amazing. And yet Rich was broken and sometimes ugly and awful in his actions. And in that, he was real. And as I've been running to his music, I've started to realize that that combination of being able to stand up and say, I am broken and yet I am loved, and bring those things together, that's when life starts to get good. Because the fact of the matter is, that's what we all are. And one more day of grace, one more opportunity to decide to be in relationship, to demolish that pride, and then to be devoted to one another by demonstrating that honor and love. How do we do that? How do we demonstrate honor and love to one another as we are devoted to one another? Well, like everything, I think it's with the resources that we have. It's our time. It's our interest in taking an active interest in others. 
And it's a loyalty that we can give without expectations. And we can't be everything to everybody. We don't have unlimited resources in our humanness. And we do have to have good boundaries around people who would not receive what we have to give in a healthy way. But what we can do is give what we can give freely. And so in those times that we have the opportunity to be in relationship with one another, asking that question from God to our hearts, what can I give today? Who needs a smile? Who needs a hello? Who needs a hug? Who needs me to be interested in their life? It's always amazing to me. We're so busy. We're so caught up in so many different things that simply checking in with one another, we, we say the whole how you doing thing, and we mean it. I think we mean it most of the time. But if the conversation goes beyond fine or several words, sometimes we can pass by those opportunities to really understand people's hearts. We have time, we have an interest, and we have loyalty without expectations because people will fail you. And we have a choice that when their actions fail us, will we still love? We can give what we can freely. We can pray to be led. And then we can obey obey God's promptings. Because he's faithful in that. I am so convinced of that. God is faithful to prompt us to be in relationship. And it's not always easy, but it is good. And just like that silly old rabbit with its hair rubbed off from being loved too much, we can become real. And in that, you and I and this church and the church reflect God's glory. Be devoted to one another in love. Let's pray. Father, this this challenge that Paul gives about how to treat one another is given because we don't always do it very well. And so, Lord, we just come humbly before you today to say we need your help. We need you to, by example, through your word, reach our hearts and show us how to do this. Show us where to enter in with one another, how to care, And Lord, with your eyes, how to see all of your creation, all of humanity, as reflected in your image. God, we want to honor you in this way. And we know that in doing so, we will live our best life ever. So God, help us and guide us through your example. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Ann, for your word. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.